It's a great day to be Wisconsin proud. Welcome to Country Connection. I'm your host, Libby Collins. According to the most recent federal data, there are currently more than 400,000 children in foster care in the U.S. Many of them are here in southeastern Wisconsin. Joining us today is Karen Schlindwind. She is executive director of Chosen Inc. and the co-author of Dear Lois, Our Adoption Journey. And Karen, what are we talking about right here in southeastern Wisconsin? Do you have any approximate numbers as to how many children are in foster Well, care? in Wisconsin in total, there are about 7,000. Um, the statistics aren't always broken down, but I can tell you in Milwaukee County alone, about 100 kids every month are put into foster care. Do you consider it a crisis? Yes. Why? It's a crisis because there are so many children that are going into care and not enough families to watch them and to care for them. And we really need more families to be able to love on these kids. Right now, school-age kids that don't have a foster family to go to can end up in a group home or in a juvenile detention center. And that's just not okay. These children who just happen to end up in foster care can end up in a juvenile detention center? If there's a temporary period of time where we cannot find a foster home for them that's where they can potentially end up for a short period of time, yes. I mean, how damaging is that to their psyche? Exactly. Now, what's, why did you establish CHOSEN? What is, your, what is your key mission? CHOSEN is a foster care and adoption support ministry, nonprofit ministry, and we exist to foster forever families by living the gospel so that all children can have a safe and loving home. My daughter and son-in-law our foster parents. They knew when they got married that they wanted to adopt, and they knew at some point that they wanted to become foster parents. So Chosen was started to help to facilitate foster families and adoptive families through these journeys that they take because they can be pretty difficult and pretty challenging. What are the three areas that Chosen focuses on? We have the area of support, community, and education. Um, Support is through our family closet by tangible support. Now, and what, you mentioned family closet. Mm-hmm. What is family closet? Family closet is a our Waukesha-based ministry that foster families and adoptive families can come in to shop free of charge for clothes, for toys, school supplies, cosmetics, just about anything that you can think of that they need for their kids. Um, the clothes are the only thing that we have that are used. Everything else is brand new. Um, Where do you get them? We get them from donations from the community. We have a program called Boxes of Blessings, and that allows businesses, churches, different organizations to be able to have a donation box and to collect some of these things that we need new. Used clothes come to us all the time. People are so generous with us. They just come from everywhere um, to donate. Are there any things that you wish you had more of? We always wish we had more of everything. Right now, we're actually doing pretty well. We always need shoes for the kids. That's one thing that we tend to run a little bit low on. Uh, We always need jackets, especially during the wintertime, winter jackets. Um, We always have a shortage of those. Uh, Diapers for the babies are always a big thing. And then just simple things like shampoo, deodorant, conditioner, those kinds of things for kids that families need that cost a lot of money. Sure, and, and, and I w- would think for the families that are fostering children, in a lot of cases, they're taking on multiple kids. It's not just one. That's correct. My daughter and son-in-law, for instance, have four right now, and it's a challenge. I was going to say, now, when you get involved as a foster parent, 
What do you need to be prepared for? The unknown. That's the hard part. The kids come sometimes in the middle of the night to you. Sometimes they come from other foster families. The situations are unique from child to child, and the circumstances that they come from are unique from child to child. Some of them come with a lot of emotional baggage, a lot of emotional needs. Um, Some of them have been neglected. Some of them just have had a parent who is ill and could not care for them. You just can't imagine all of the stories that we have, that we've heard. And so foster parents have to be willing to love these kids where they're at. Is there an age where a child is more likely to come into foster care? Do you see a particular age range more often than other? School-age kids are definitely on the rise in the foster care system, and that's the also the age that we don't have as many families as we need to. Um, kids also come in sibling groups, and so often we will have sibling groups of three, four, five children, and you can't necessarily keep them together in one foster home depending on how many foster families are available who are licensed for that many children. That's got to be difficult for the kids. Absolutely. It, when, all, when they've been taken away from their parents and all they have are their siblings, and then they're going to a strange place, and they're not going together. That's correct. It's very, very difficult. We've experienced this within our own family, and um, kids were split up into um, multiple foster homes, and the foster parents were able to make sure that they had visits with each other. And that's what a lot of foster parents will do. We're talking with Karen Schlindwein. She's executive director of Chosen. She's also the co-author of Dear Lois, Our Adoption Journey. And I want to get into that in just a minute. But if you're just tuning in and you want to catch up on the conversation you missed, go to kticountry.com, click on the Features tab, and you'll find this and past Country Connection interviews. Um, I mentioned the book Dear Lois, Our Adoption Journey. Now, you said that your daughter and her husband are foster parents themselves, but you've instilled a mission of fostering and adoption in your own family. Tell us a little bit about that and how this book came about. Absolutely. Chosen is just so personal to us and in our family. Um, my mom and dad were foster parents when I was growing up, so I was a foster sister. And in fact, more than 40 years later, I still have contact with my first foster brother. Um, So fostering was something that was instilled in me when I was a child. I knew that families didn't always look the same. Um, When my husband and I got married, we had grandiose ideas of having lots of children. Six, I think, is what he would tell me. Um, That panicked me. I was an only child, so that panicked me a bit. However... Um, we went through an infertility journey. And so six children, five children, lots of children, we're just not in our our journey. Um, So after infertility treatment, after a miscarriage, we turned our efforts to adoption. And um, in 1991, my daughter Amali was born. And in 1993, our son Joseph was born. We had dream adoptions. Uh, We did the networking for them. We found their birth moms. we were in the delivery room with them. We brought them home from the hospital. Back in those days, that was unusual. We were pioneers in a new journey. Um, but it also instilled in me this desire to want to help others with adoption and infertility issues. So I began doing ministry for a number of years. And um, my daughter and my son were 
grew up in that. To did, them, did your children always know they were adopted? Yes. They knew I, from the I mean, moment how did you approach that? How, how did you approach It was that? just part of, of what we talked about all the time. We always talked about the wonderful women who gave birth to them and who loved them enough to give them to us. And we used to tell our, our children that they were chosen twice. They were chosen once by us and once by God. So that's how they grew up. Adoption was as normal to them as breathing. And so my kids didn't grow up with that identity crisis that a lot of adoptive kids had. So it was... Something that, in fact, my daughter at one point in time used to think it was odd if kids that she knew weren't adopted. That's how comfortable she was in being adopted. Um, so fast forwarding to the time that she got married in 2012, um, we heard from her biological siblings just a few months after her wedding. Now, and at this point, had she ever met them? No, she had not met them. She had made a, d a decision not to meet them. Um, up to that point, at least. Uh, we had sent letters and pictures every year on her birthday and on my son's birthday to his birth mom. And it was always their choice to make the decision after they turned 18 if they wanted to pursue contact. So had your daughter at that point, had she received any letters from her birth mother or had any contact seen photos or? No, okay. she had not. She had not. It was an agreement that we had all made with our birth families that the contact would be on our side. We would do it until they turned 18, and then it would be up to our kids to make that decision. And they both were so comfortable with who they are, very appreciative to their birth families, but very comfortable that they didn't feel that they had a missing link for them to go find. Um, but my daughter prayed about this one because this was, this was something that hit home for her. And so as a family, we got to go up and meet Lois, her birth mom, um, for Tom and I, my husband and I. We got to be reunited with her and thank her for this, this is, gift. This <laughs> is the first time you had seen her since your daughter was yes, born. Yes, it was. And it was just, it was an emotional day. I, I can't even begin to tell you. It was almost more emotional than their wedding a few months before that. Um, and during that time, and Molly got to meet her and her biological siblings, but during that time they brought out a book that had all of the pictures and letters that we had written to her for 18 years and they were worn and tear-stained, and you could tell that they had been read over and over. And we found out from her kids that they were her lifeline in always knowing that this was the best decision that she could have made for our daughter. And so it was such a positive thing that we walked away just knowing that we needed to do something more with that story because all of us had a positive. And in the media, a lot of times you hear where one side does really well with it, Maybe two parties do very well with it, but sometimes that third party is not always involved. And so we were encouraged to write a book, which is not something I set out to do in, by any means. But with um, the permission from her biological family and with some input from them in the book as well, we told the story uh, from all three sides of the adoption process as to how this was a great story and adoption can be a beautiful thing. And we published that book in uh, 2014, and that was when Chosen was announced. Because by then, Molly and her husband Jason decided that this was time to start this ministry and to start Chosen and for them to start to become foster parents. Now, your daughter went through this. What about your son? My son was also very actively involved as, we grew up, as he grew up with her um, in knowing a lot of kids that were adopted. So... He didn't have that, uh, that crisis. At one point, he talked about pursuing contact, but he just decided that it wasn't something that 
he needed to do. And so he and his sister talked about it, and she had this great experience, but not all experiences are great. And there were just some circumstances with his own adoption that he just decided it was probably not in his best interest at the time that he talked about it. So doesn't mean he won't do it someday. And if he does, we will help him. But isn't that interesting that between your two children that they made different choices? Yes. Yep. But then again, they had different circumstances. And so their birth moms came from different walks of life and had different circumstances that caused them to get to their point of making that adoption decision. And so we knew a lot more about our daughter's circumstances and not quite as much about our son's. We're here with Karen uh, Sch uh, Schlindwein. She is the executive director and founder, or co-founder of Chosen. Her book is called um, L Dear Lois, Our Adoption Journey. You have made it your life's mission and really your family's mission to help other children in these situations what do you hope to accomplish in their lives? We want to be a resource for these families so that they know that they're not alone. Whether it's tangible resources, whether it's referring them on, whether it's to be part of a community, which is something that we do. We do outreaches, and we want them to belong to a community. We want them to be a part of a, of a family and know that they are not alone in this journey. Since you founded Chosen, how have you seen lives changed? I will give you one of the best examples that I can because it happened right before Christmas, but we see these kinds of stories that happen to us. Um, we had a gentleman who had two teenage uh, children that he had taken on. Um, his foster license was in the process of being approved, uh, but he had the kids in his custody. And about a week before Christmas, he called us and he said, I'm I'm really in need of Christmas presents for these kids, and I have tapped out on my resources. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And so Molly and I got to go shopping that day at the family closet, and we just had so much fun doing that. And um, she met him and uh, gave him all of these things that we were able to pull from the closet, and he cried. And he sent us a note not too long after that saying, thank you so much because without chosen I don't know what our Christmas would have looked like. And we hear stories like that a lot. People will get a call of crisis where they're going to have a child that will be coming to them in two days. They have no clothes for them. They know that they can come in and shop. Um, it's just been very heartwarming to see all of the different effects that, that families have with Chosen. Well, I know you get a lot of donations mm -hmm. for through the boxes of blessings for the family closet, but you also need more. And one of the ways you're going about uh, raising funds is through the second annual Friends of Chosen Walk. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, the walk is going to take place on Saturday, May 19th at 10 a.m. in downtown Waukesha. Uh, it is a walk to raise awareness about the needs of foster and adoptive children and just about the special circumstances they have. We want to raise awareness in the community that foster families and adoptive families are needed. And what better way than to go walking in the community and let them see um, people with these shirts on that are going to talk about that story of adoption and fostering. 
So it's an awareness raiser. It's a small fundraiser for us as well, but it's primarily to raise awareness about the needs of of adoptive and foster families. And when is it taking place? Saturday, May 19th at 10 a.m. in downtown Waukesha at the Crush Wine Bar is where our starting place is. All right. Now, can you register the day of the walk or do you need to register in advance? If they can, they can register in advance or they can come um, in advance. They can go on to our website, which is www.chosenandlove.org. Or they can come right to the Crush Wine Bar downtown starting at 9 o'clock on the day of the walk. What advice would you have for an individual or a couple who's been thinking about fostering a child or maybe even adoption, um, but they haven't taken that first step? What, What advice do you have for them? If you take the journey, I can assure you that you will be put into a very unique set of circumstances where it will stretch you, but you will know that you are making a difference in a child's life, but ultimately the children that you have in your care are going to change your life. And you start to see things differently than you do, and you will start to see children differently than maybe what you do now. And you will understand the very special needs that they have and the so much the want that they have to be in a loving loving family so i i would just say take the leap of faith there are people out there that are ready to be in community with you you won't do this alone karen if listeners want to learn more about the second annual friends of chosen walk if they want to learn more about uh, the family closet and boxes of blessings how can they do it several different ways you can go on our website we have a contact form on our website at chosenandlove.org, or you can always email us at info at chosenandlove.org, and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. And we're going to have links at kticountry.com. All you have to do is click on the Features tab, look for Connections, and share this interview with family and friends. Fostering and adoption are integral to building a strong community, but it's also a nice idea to support those who are assisting homeless animals. It's the biggest rummage sale of the summer, and it helps homeless pets. Joining us today are Jessica Jacklin and Debbie Block from the Washington County Humane Society. So tell me, why is your rummage sale the biggest and the best of the summer? Well, it's the best because it helps our medical fund for all of our animals that need critical care. Now, you mentioned this is for the medical care of the the animals that come to the Humane Society. Uh, Why do you specify that particular fund? We had three dogs recently that um, required equivalent of ACL surgery, and we racked up bills about $15,000. So how do you go about paying that? A lot of the animals that come to Washington Humane Society are there maybe because the owners couldn't care for them medically? Indeed. When I think of one in particular, I think of Grace, who was probably hit by a snowplow. And um, she found a fantastic home. As a matter of fact, she has her own little social media page. When I think about the number of dentals we do for the cats and dogs that do come in that haven't had their teeth looked at or anything uh, dental-related done, um, it's phenomenal. Can you give us an idea how much during a year is spent on medical care for the animals that come through the Humane Society? Oh, boy. Um, it, it varies, but like I said, we are already at over 
I'm going to say over 24,000. And here we are. It's just, but um, looking at the three docs that we had, we're over $15,000. So again, you never know. And that's right. why this, that's why it gets back to what we're here to talk about today. That's why the mega rummage sale is so important. Because Jessica, every penny that you raise goes directly to the medical funds for the Washington County Humane Society. Yes, it does. It's an exciting event. It's one of our largest that we run throughout the year. And the size of it is astronomical. Uh, there are four tents um, outside that we do. And we also utilize our dog training room, which is a lot of square footage. It's highly organized, so if you're looking for something, you'll have aisles marked. You know, we have a holiday tent, we have a furniture tent, uh, sports and rec, and a children's tent. Um, and these are not, you know, eight by ten tents. They're thirty by forty, right? Thirty, 30 by, by forty. Yeah, they're yeah. big. Yeah. They're they're quite big, and they are full of stuff. Um, so the children's then, tent, for example, would have what kinds of items in it? Oh, toys, um, even maybe doll furniture, some... Um, children clo- children's clothes, um, infant products, um, like walkers, things like that, uh, little jumperoos, um, anything you can imagine that's going to, you know, help you out with raising those kids, because we all know they grew out of things and they want things, and reasonably priced i will tell you that we had a lot of happy customers last year with our new lower prices what do you mean your new lower prices well um we we know everyone's working hard out there and we try to make everything a little bit fair as far as the price and last year we decided to try something a little different in years past we we had a little bit too much left over so last year we decided to try something and we lowered the prices and it was fantastic. Um, everyone was talking how they couldn't wait for next year. Um, they felt better about uh, leaving a little bit something extra behind in the tip jar for the animals. And um, it was just a great day. And everyone really enjoyed the fact that they could get things for a buck or two. We're talking with Debbie Block and Jessica Jacklin, both from the Washington County Humane Society. And if you're just tuning in and you want to catch up on the conversation you missed, go to kticountry.com. Click on the Features tab and you'll find this and past Country Connection interviews. Now, I understand it's not just the Mega Rummage Sale. You also have the bake sale and the bark sale. What's the difference? Yes. Um, Well, the bake sale, it's sort of world-renowned. We have a lot of volunteers in the area that absolutely love to bake for us. So uh, between cupcakes, brownies, bark sale are items that are baked for the animals. So different cat treats, uh, dogs homemade items that are specially priced if you want to find something for for your special friend and and you're looking for volunteers to provide both of these items yes okay so what do they need to do if they want to provide items either for the bake sale or the bark sale um contact me at volunteer at wchs pets p-e-t-s dot org i will get you on the communication list to so you can get an email sent as to what's required what we're looking for um on our expectations is about three dozen cookies um, and we have different drop-off times for the event but you do get volunteer credit for this as well um, so you're baking from home doing something for the animals it's a great project for you and your kids to do uh, because we have a minimum age required requirement to volunteer at the shelter of 14 
but that doesn't mean an eight-year-old can't bake some cookies to be sold, um, and it's a fun way to help the animals. Do you have any particular bakery items that you wish you had more of every year that people really seem to enjoy taking home with them? Coffee cakes and scones. Um, definitely those. Um, anything dessert type, um, chocolate related goes very quickly. It's amazing how fast it goes, especially in the morning. People walk into the room and you ha- you can't help but smell this fresh bakery. And our grill is going for our food stand. Tell us what items you're looking for. Might be better if we kind of told you a little bit about what we're not looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Primarily large appliances we can't accept. We have no way of testing those products out. So those microwaves, freezers, um, dehumidifiers, um, things that you yourself might have problems getting rid of, we can't accept because it's going to cost money for us to have them removed. So please no tires, organs, pianos, water softeners. Sinks, sorry. We used to say that we had everything, including the kitchen sink. This time around, we can't take kitchen sinks. Uh, we had a run on them last year. <laughs> um, and again, like things like air conditioners, um, infant child care seats or cribs. There's expiration dates on those guys, so we, we can't take those. Chemical products and paints, we can't take either because, again, it costs us money to have those removed if they don't sell. Um, VCR tapes, um, large exercise equipment, um, TV, CRT tube monitors, we can't take those, um, ceiling fans and Christmas trees, and um, older um, commuters, computers, um, can't take those, sorry folks. Um, Again, um, we just have no way of disposing of those without incurring a fee. Um, and countertops. So those are a handful of items we can't take. Um, you can check out our website at wchspets.org and check out the list there. And you can always call us too and find out if there's any um, anything in particular you'd like to donate but you want to check. By the way, if you want information about the Washington County Humane Society Mega Rummage Sale sent directly to your phone, text the keyword connection to 414-799-9494. Now let's remind everybody, when is the rummage sale? The rummage sale is Friday, June 1st. Uh, we open at 7 a.m. and it goes till 4 p.m. Uh, we also have it Saturday, June 2nd from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then Sunday, June 3rd, is our clearance sale, and we are open from 7 a.m. till about noon. And what are the dates? What's the last date that you're accepting items? May 27th. All right. So if you have an item you want to bring, where do you bring it? You can drop that off all seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the Washington County Humane Society, and we're located at 3650 State Road 60. And are, in there Slinger. Any, are there any particular items that you wish you had more of? I know that you said that children's items are very popular, but are there any things that you find people really are, seem to be looking for these things? Um, I would say that one of the areas that sold out really, really quickly was our crafts. Um, craft I- table, uh, our craft table or section uh, was literally, I think, sold out by noon on Friday, and we kept trying to restock it. So if maybe you used to sew or did some quilting, but now have decided not to continue that hobby, if you have those items, bring those. Uh, and um, 
it was small kitchen items. Right, like little housewares. Housewares was, was big. Those two sections we could not stock so enough of. So plates and glassware and silverware and things like that? Yes. Yeah, and all like the little knickknacks that you put in your kitchen, whether like salt or pepper shakers, um, things like that that a lot of people also use when they're camping, um, cottages, things like that, and they just always pays to have extras, um, those types of things. Okay, so once again, let's tell everybody if they want to drop off items, when and where to do it? Uh, right at our at the shelter uh, from uh, seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And if they want to take advantage of the mega rummage sale, if they like to pick up something at the bake sale or, or something for their pet at the bark sale, what are the dates of the mega run, rummage sale? June 1st and 2nd um, are from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then Sunday, June 3rd, is from 7 a.m. till noon. And where do we come? At To the Washington County Humane Society, and we're located at 3650 State Road 60 in Slinger. And Debbie, if listeners want to learn more about the pets available for adoption at the Washington County Humane Society, how can they do that? Oh, please check out our website, wchspets.org. Um, that's the best way. And if you're interested in, in a particular animal, um, we do take a handful of signers per animal because every now and then someone does change their mind. And we always try to look for the best fit home for each animal. Um, but give a call if you're looking at um, a particular animal. Like, uh, for instance, if, if by chance we were to have something like a golden doodle, um, we would probably get a lot of requests for that dog and... Um, you know, we don't want you to come on out for a particular animal and then find that there's four people signed on that dog and or it's already scheduled to go home. So if you're looking for a particular dog or cat or small animal, don't want to leave those out, um, please call and uh, check with us at 262-677-4388. And we're going to have links at kticountry.com. All you have to do is click on the Features tab, look for Connections, and share this interview with family and friends. And once again, Jessica Jacqueline and Debbie Block from the Washington County Humane Society, thanks for joining us today. Thank Thank you, you, Libby. And for Country Connection, I'm Libby Collins.